Welcome to Essential Conversations. I'm your host, Rebecca Mears, with my co-host, Luca Alex. And this week in the studio with us, we have somebody returning, which is always a treat for us. And Madeline Shaw of Lunapads fame, and also G-Day for Girls. She is the founder, the board chair of United Girls of the World Society. And we last had Madeline on in 2014. But yes, we were counting back. Yeah, Madeline doesn't sit still. So <laughs> we've got a whole new range of what's been happening to explore with her. So thank you for joining us again. It's my total pleasure to be with both of you. Thank you for having me. It's crazy to think it's been almost five years. Yeah, you were within our first our first round of guests within the first few months that we were live. So um, knowing that when you came on before. You were telling the world your story of how you got started with Luna Pads, what you were creating with G Day for Girls. It's been five years. What, if you want to like kind of encapsulate what that is, we're going to dig deep. But <laughs> we're not asking you know, for much. Pick a theme. What's 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 been the last? What's the last five years provoked or evoked or brought to you? I would say definitely a big shift in terms of my identity and also in terms of the things, just the areas that I'm, I'm focusing on in terms of my work. And uh, it has brought, yeah, just a bigger vision. Like I really thought with Luna Pads, like that would be the only business I would ever have. And because, of course, this is such a wonderful company and products and, you know, all the good things. And but with G-Day, that kind of signaled a shift into kind of more of a serial entrepreneur type thing. And I realized that there was more ideas, more visions that wanted to come out. And so uh, giving myself permission to do that with G-Day um, and now with another new venture I'm working on um, was really important to to kind of see that, wow, I'm, I'm not done yet. And I, mm. I hadn't realized that previously. It is quite a shift to go from um, entrepreneur creating something brand new and because a business is like a baby, right? Getting it up to to speed, and we we love to stay engaged. We we like to see it evolve, and then discovering that actually maybe we want to have two or three, and maybe actually this one is ready to be handed off or mm-hmm. to go on its own. It's it is an evolution. Yeah, and that metaphor actually really works for me because I find when I have um, like the ventures or projects or whatever for me are a lot like pregnancies like they they are very they just won't leave me alone and they keep me awake at night and, <laughs> and they gestate uh, you know, right? they gestate and they it's uh yeah it, and it's a very it's this feeling of persistence and of mm. kind of like something just kind of tapping me on the shoulder going how about it how about it how about it <laughs> and it's like oh my god and i thought i mean i have one you know biological physical child and that's great. And I thought I would have one business and, and then all these other ideas keep kind of knocking me, uh, knocking on my shoulder and asking me if I'll be their mother. And so <laughs> it's like, OK, I guess I will. And, and I guess that's the I have energy and capacity and mm. uh, for that. And so but I would say right now I feel in a very like borderline overwhelmed space mm. of like, I really don't know how I'm going to do all of that. And then I just keep telling myself. 
it's it's okay. Like you just trust this process right. and and do the things that you're called to do. Um, well, otherwise, if you don't, it'll drive you kind of bonkers. But also <laughs> that the community and help and people to to help will show up. And so I'm just really trusting very very deeply in that process. Right. Yeah. Well, I remember about how Suzanne showed up in your life. Mm. And, I mean, that was a big, big move to bring somebody else into the company that you had started. Yeah. And, and, uh, and share it, really. Co-parent. Yes. Yes. You could, yeah. Yes, very much so. And she became stepmother. She did. And, in fact, so, and just so people know, so Suzanne, um, my business partner, longtime business partner at Lunapads, uh, we met in 99 and became business partners 2000. And, uh, and she's actually led the company. She's been CEO for, I don't know, since 2013, I want to say. So a really long time. Uh, she's definitely been the head of that household. And so by the time I retired from my position at the end of 2017, it was already... Like that was a very, very well managed family oh God, going yes. on there. Yes. So it it was not like you know some like you walk out the door and everything falls apart. If anything, no, no. actually things have kind of gotten better there since I left. <laughs> like the company is growing like crazy and um, and doing great. So that was a good feeling. But you've got to find the right person, and and yeah. of course there's a lot of trust involved and money and you know how's this all going to go? But I think you know like any other form of community, we're stronger when we're together. And yeah. if you get more done when it's not just yeah. you. And and yeah, it's been one of the best relationships in my entire life. When she's just had a surprise illness over the last year, uh, last um, couple of months, well, yeah. yeah, last yeah. few months. It started mm-hmm. in I think January. She was saying, yeah, but, she, yeah. But you were able to step in and and help out, and I don't think you would have been able to do that. It, so I mean, not not that it's an easy thing to do, mm-hmm. um, and the business isn't exactly the same as it was when you were when you were at the helm all that time ago but but at that i think speaks to community it right? does and the because you're still team. part of the community so much so that you could step in and do that yeah. and everybody knew you and could could um step in and help you and support you and you could support them and yeah i mean to be clear like most of that heavy lifting on a daily basis is done by the team and oh, so sure. uh yeah. there's there's yeah. just a couple of projects that i'm involved yeah. with and obviously yeah. suzanne and i are super close and yeah. uh even yeah. today we're back and forth about a project we're working yeah. on but yeah. um yeah no it feels good and i always 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 love love that company love the products mm-hmm. love where it's going love everything about it and so it it feels great to me to be kind of back at, you know 17 months later to kind of be rejoining the team to an extent so yeah yeah it was great we were talking uh, before we came into the studio today about um the fascinating way we were speaking just of the show and how people who come on this show and we end up discovering connections with other guests that current guests have had even though we weren't aware of that because we come across them somewhere else but we were we were tapping that idea across to the wonderful webs that there are that are created all around us and how vibrant those connections are because there's a certain alignment between Mm -hmm. we may be creating different things but there's a thrum of community and a thrum of everybody pulling together higher Mm -hmm. and I can see that thread going through all of your creations. Mm-hmm. You know, Luna Pads is a physical thing that mm-hmm. makes a difference to women's lives and anyone who's menstruating's lives. Mm-hmm. And 
Yet it's not just the physical thing because mm-hmm. it facilitates so much more. Yeah. And G-Day for Girls, maybe you'd like to speak a little bit about both of those projects. And then, then I'm really excited to dive into what's, what's next. What's next, yeah. yeah. Um, that's great. So, yeah, so for folks who are new to this, so Luna Pads is an East Vancouver-based company that specializes in a beautiful, sustainable products for menstruation. So basically we're all about sustainability and better periods and a better connection with your body. And, uh, yeah, so that's... You can check it out at lunapads.com and we sell a collection of period underwear and cloth menstrual pads and menstrual cups and basically anything that you could possibly need to replace your standard drugstore disposable throwaway tampons and pads and so on. And um, so that's going on in, I think we have customers in 40 countries and... um, really proud of that and very much pioneers in the whole kind of natural period space that is increasing uh, in its growth right now. And so that's awesome. And then in 2014, I launched an event series called G-Day. And G-Day celebrates and acknowledges the transition between childhood and adolescence in tween female-identified youth um, and ages 10 to 12. And we gather as a community. So it includes parents and other supportive adults in girls' lives. And we usually gather 150 to 300 people. At um, We've had 10 events across Canada so far. And it's a modern secular rite of passage. It's kind of uh, for folks familiar with the Jewish tradition, it's a mass secular bad mitzvah and we are having a big old party to welcome these girls into the next phase of their lives and celebrate them and honor them and hold the space for them as they take their first steps on the road toward adulthood. So those are the those are those the past ventures, and I'm happy. Do you want me to keep going about Nestworks or yes, yes, <gasps> dive in. Okay, well, okay. I should say before we move on to the <laughs> next lot of thing, there, well, there is a theme. There's a theme all the way through this, mm-hmm, and I remember yes. when I first met you, you talked about how exciting it was for you to be a woman, to be female. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I and yeah. I really have have felt all the way along that that is. It's like a governing principle, value, celebration through mm-hmm. everything that you've done, mm-hmm. working with women. And, and, you know, although the Lunapads is a product, um, so much of how it comes to be in the world has to do with how women are working together to create it. Um, and to benefit other women, and how men are working with the women to do that as well. But there's, but it's a different, it's a different kind of philosophy. Yeah, um, right down to yeah. we're protecting the earth by not creating all of this stuff that goes into landfill. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would definitely say I went to, um, I was in Toronto in December and I went to an amazing conference called the Entrepreneurial Feminist Forum. And I'd never been to a feminist entrepreneurial business conference before. And I was, I got there and I was like, oh, yeah, my people. This is the best thing ever. <laughs> because that, yeah, absolutely. You're right. Like, like feminism is really, you know, it's my background in terms of social change leadership and, and really entrepreneurship came out of a desire to, um, make create specific projects that I thought social change product projects that uh, seemed exciting to me personally and creatively mm-hmm. and then create financial structures to support them so so definitely uh, Luna pads and G day very very much uh, reflecting that and um, and in terms of entrepreneurship um, women's economic independence and self-sufficiency is something that's really important to me as well and so I've always said if um, kind of my basic baseline feminist philosophy is that if women can control money and their bodies then the entire world would change like that it's you know it's only two things there's only two things on this list guys (laughs) right yeah (laughs) 
Yeah. And we'll just keep whittling away at it, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, one way or the other. And and so, yeah, and I would say what's happened to me now, so the new project is called Nestworks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what that's about is um, a shared family-friendly workplace. And so essentially, shorthand for that would be we work with children. However, uh, coming from a very different place, like very community-minded around what we're going for, but also really reimagining the notion of work-life balance. Like, why is it that these things are so far apart from one another um, in our imagination and also in our physical design of how how we do our lives and where you know we where we do have family time and where we have work time and where yeah. you know different things happen so I've been working on the business plan for that for about 17, 16 months now, and I'm really, really fired up. And and where that, in terms of the theme that you're speaking to, Luca, um, yeah, it's very much around women's economic empowerment and entrepreneurship, but that said, Nestworks is not a gender-exclusive space. It's anybody. It's mostly for parents. Um, but it basically for anybody who enjoys kind of a more community-minded, um, inclusive kind of workspace where that is just more holistic and, and humanized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you were starting this, I came and visited you a few times when you when Lin- Lunapads was in its original location. And you were already inviting um, w- women who were starting fledgling businesses to come and use some of the corners of your space that <laughs> you had available that they could come and be in um, so that they could start out so they didn't have to go full blown before they were ready to. So it was it was almost there in those in, in its nascent stages. Mm-hmm. It was incubating also at that time, right? And yeah. now you're. I can see you have, like, the whole thing is kind of fleshed out and is is ready to go further now. Yeah, absolutely. That That is one of the, the dominant themes. And uh, and we've always had that as a practice at Lunapads. And, and our mentorship is not just around, you know, friends and phone calls and Skype calls and whatever. It's like that physical thing. And I'm so glad you remembered that because that is one of the, an experience that I had with one of those people is um, what was the catalytic moment that led to finally saying yes to the idea that had been kind of jumping around on my shoulder. Uh, And the other one, um, so Suzanne and I, Suzanne has two sons um, who are like, I want to say 12 and 16. At this point, I have a 13-year-old, soon to be 14-year-old daughter. And when the kids were born, um, there was no maternity leave benefits available to business owners. Like it just, mm, it didn't, right. it like literally did not exist. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't like, oh, hey, I'm just going to hop off and go mm. on mat leave for a year. And also there were maybe like five people in the company, like super small, um, less than half the size it is now. And it wasn't like one or the other of us could just leave because it was kind of all hands on deck. So that left us with the Vancouver conundrum of like, what am I going to do with my kids? Uh, And so we ended up um, bringing them to work with us. And at the time, that was kind of radical. Like, like who does that, right? Like, you don't bring your children to work with you, like, for goodness sake. Innovative moms do that because we don't have a whole lot of wiggle room. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. exactly. And, and but we, we discovered that literally by t- doing it and kind of, you know, and it was our office and it's not like we're, you know, some hazardous chemical company or something and no. throwing around chainsaws or something. It's like, this is just a private office. Mm-hmm. And so we, we just made it work, you know, with one another, with our staff. Um, 
we had various other kind of cobbled together all kinds of situations, um, but we made it work. And so the kids, what that gave the gift for us was things like being able to practice extended breastfeeding mm-hmm. um, and and just and a very different orientation for the kids around even what work meant. Like, mm-hmm. what did it they look see like? You, they see their mothers at work, and you, we don't see that much representation of women in leadership roles and women innovating in the workplace and they were breathing it in like it was air yeah just like it was normal yeah yeah it, it is normal yeah we innovate and then we have a snack yes. <laughs> it's revolutionary yes. and it's i want to call it almost like devolutionary because this is how it we was used to be that way yeah, yeah. i agree and, and it's used yeah. to know what their parents this did is when work. the radical is actually something where we're coming back to it again um, I'm really curious to hear some of the specific ways in which Nestworks is designed to yeah. cater to families, so people who are working with kids. What does that look like? Yeah, well, and uh, people should understand before they're going, like, where do I sign up? It's mm-hmm. like this is still a concept under right. development, but mm-hmm. we do have a very fully, beautifully fleshed out what's called a functional program, which is architects speak for a spatial layout, to ha- figure out from a design perspective how, yeah, how does this work? So what we've learned is that that um, we want to not just have like one room where it's noisy for children and one room where it's quiet for adults like Mm -hmm. that there's actually opportunity for all kinds of interactions well beyond just sort of solving the quote problems of childcare and work and that's where my greatest uh, area of interest so uh, we've actually got this whole language around Nestworks. Uh, we talk about the porch and the den, and there's all these different, like it's kind of named after a house, like all the different rooms. <laughs> I love it. And sort of this creative space, like that's just shared. So that in fact, there's not two spaces, there's many. And um, and one specifically where it's kind of anything goes. It's like you could have, you know, kids reading books or playing games or doing puzzles and maybe an adult's on a laptop or maybe somebody's reading somebody else's book or maybe, you know, like maybe this, maybe that, maybe people are making art. And it's kind of like whatever you want. And But if, if you want to go somewhere quiet and do some work, then don't go to that place. Yeah. And if you yeah. want to... It's like you going know, up to your room if you want to have quiet time on exactly. your own. You know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, yeah. and so just really leaving it to people to sort of self-select, but making sure that all those things are available. Um, we are going to have the nicest dedicated nursing room that has possibly ever existed anywhere. Nice. And so I'm, I'm, that's one thing I'm super committed to, where it's mm-hmm. just really super normalized, supported um, attitude around breastfeeding and just parenting in general. And uh, that's super important to me. And even the bathrooms are important to me. Like I was just in a space um, in Ottawa and, and they have the, they call the bathrooms teaching rooms and they really are kind of like temples of personal self-care as opposed mm-hmm. to just this place where you clean up your body and get on with your day. Mm-hmm. And so I'm interested in just a very, very different approach to um, what that all looks like and obviously there's going to be some soundproofing involved and there's going to be some security stuff involved and yeah. you know there's going to be there's definitely some complexity and I'm discovering right. a lot of complexity in terms of licensing and regulatory stuff but I'm not really going to let that stand no. in my way because I'm so this deeply is so curious. needed. Yeah. Absolutely and I love that you're driven by curiosity. Mm-hmm. There's an experimentation here isn't there? Mm, 100%. There's, there's a very yeah. clear intention of what you want this experience to look like and feel like for the moms, dads, kids, mm-hmm. um, and yet, yes, all those hurdles in between because you're going somewhere that we haven't gone yet. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, I wanted to follow up on what you said earlier um, about this being kind of an old idea. Like pre-industrial revolution, I think most businesses were home-based, mm-hmm. right? And there mm-hmm. were kids and there was mom on the loom and, you know, maybe whatever mm-hmm. other mom who's a blacksmith and maybe, you know, other parent doing something mm-hmm. else, whatever is going on. And and that it was all integrated. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until the industrial revolution that this really, really rigidly, outrageously separated idea around work well, and we life. called it the nuclear family, right? That's right. right. It was isolated. One family in one house. Yeah, yeah. Right? And then you get With in your 2. car. 2.8 and kids and the dog. Exactly. I'm thinking yeah. when you speak about it like that, uh, anybody who's just joining us, let me take a moment to um, let you know who you're listening to. Uh, we've got Madeline Shaw here on Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. And Madeline is the founder and the board chair of United Girls of the World Society. Right now she's telling us about a project that is in the works very well along the pipeline, um, Nestworks, which is a co-working space for families, yes. um, parents and kids. And, um, and now I lost my two What was I going to ask? Did you hear any of my questions? No, that's okay. I want to. Oh, I remember. I remember. (laughs) I'm like, oh, change focus. Where am I? Yes. um, What I was thinking was when you referred to the past Mm -hmm. and how this would have operated in the past, home-based businesses and people coming and going, kids coming and going, um, apprenticeship was such a natural and organic thing that happened. Um, And how much more so will it be when you've got people co-working and kids are able to observe not only their own parent working, but different the different nature of different kinds of work. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. that's one of the things I'm the most excited about actually is because I think in a lot of children's imagination, like work is is something that steals their parents from them for eight or Mm -hmm. nine hours a day. Like they don't actually necessarily have Mm -hmm. a sense of it. And also that it might from the outside appear to be something super kind of draining and kind of tiresome and and hard and which is not to say that I don't think that work you know can can yeah yeah, it totally can and but I I really want there to be a sense of it being creative and joyful with a lot with a very broad sense of possibility of Mm -hmm. what it even looks like and obviously I'm a huge fan of entrepreneurship so Mm -hmm. uh, and also I really want to encourage folks like so many people tell me they're like oh I have this idea and I'm thinking about starting this thing or this company or this uh, business and part of what you pointed to earlier Rebecca about all these people who were working within the Lunapads let's call it an ecosystem um, is that that we really nurtured that like we really by by virtue of just being a few feet away from some other people who were doing something like just even watching them like even if you're having a bad day it's yes, like oh, I can do this I can yes, do this I can do this and or being able to ask somebody like a quick question um and, and to me, the value of being of human interaction, like the in-person experience, is the other another huge theme for me right now. It's like, what's the difference between when we're actually together in this room versus on Zoom or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever? And, and it feels like in this digital age, the, this wonderful experience of being like physically with other people, whether it's, at, you know, G-Day or it's at a workspace like Nestworks. Um, it, it brings a different quality to human relationship that I am deeply curious about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there were all these people who left the corporate world like I did, and we went out on our own. Mm-hmm. And people would say to me, how can you work at, at home like that? Like, you, you don't have any stipulation, stimulation, and you're all alone. And and what happens with people who are doing that is that we then go out looking for community, so we end up working in cafes. And people say, oh, there's all these people sitting around on their computers in cafes, and they don't interact with one another. But but we do, because we overhear 
what the other people are talking about and the other people having their business meetings. And it mm. becomes very much like what you're intentionally setting up, yeah. except that we're sort of doing it, cobbling it. We're cobbling it. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's elements of the cafe that are built into what you're talking about. Absolutely. If you have that everything yeah. room, mm-hmm. then everybody's in there doing it together. Yeah. So we so we learn and kids kids evolve into it. Kids love to help. They do. Well, in fact, I think I think work in its best case scenario is just an extension of what we call play for children, yeah, right? Yeah. And yeah. that idea—it's yeah. like kids—they always want to make a store or make a thing or do you know whatever. Yeah. It, it feels yeah. like those two things should be much more recognized as being very tied together, yeah. and ideally, you know, your work as an adult should be an extension of yeah. what you love to play mm-hmm. with yeah. or at when and you were. Kids, child. I think, naturally step into it as they are ready. So it, I remember you talking about w- wanting to be like the women that you saw in mm-hmm. your life and, you know, how much longer till I can get there kind of thing. Well, I did that with adults, period. Mm-hmm. Not didn't matter to me if they were male or female, yeah. but I wanted to be part of the grown-up world. Yeah. If I could have gone to work with my parents, that I would have thought I'd died and gone to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because that, to me, was it was, it was learning. Yeah. And I learned by... Watching. Yeah. Yeah. And creative. And right? my mother was an artist, yeah. so I wanted to see what she was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was important. I feel yeah. like it's time for us to play one of your songs. Okay. Which one are you feeling drawn to at the moment? So we've got The Coming of Age uh, or World Falls. I think World Falls. Okay. And yeah. So Would you like to tell us now why you're choosing, why, um, why you've chosen it? Uh, yeah. I'll just uh, quickly. So it's an Indigo Girls um, song from their third album. Um, I'm a huge Indigo Girls fan and I just, I, this song just gives me chills. I just love it. Um, it's interesting though that they're follow-up album to this was actually called Rites of Passage, their fourth oh, album, mm-hmm. and so I was sort of hoping that World Falls was on Rites of Passage because right. that would take us back to G-Day, but um, Well, it is the it is from the album Nomads, Indians, and Saints. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of appropriate, too. I think it's just a beautiful <laughs> song about celebrating what's possible in life and embracing it. Yes. Alright, All right. we'll take a listen to this. Indigo, Indigo Girls World Falls. We will rejoin Madeline here in the studio in just a few minutes. Oh, 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 oh,
Welcome back to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge that we are broadcasting on unceded ancestral territory of the Coast Salish peoples, the Squamish, the Musqueam, the Coquitlam, and the Tsleil-Waututh. And what that means to me as a settler is that it is my job, and it is a learning curve, a really long extended learning curve for me to recognize and pay attention to the people of the land and what they have as wisdom and experience in the shepherding of the land. We are here with Madeline Shaw, the founder and board chair of United Girls of the World Society, and we just took a listen to one of her song requests for the day, which was Indigo Girls' World Falls. That was really cool. That's now going on my playlist. I like that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and yeah the, the harmonies of voices, which is, uh, and, and I was thinking as, as we were listening to that about the, about the harmonies of who we are when and it reminds me of of you you brought for show and tell here all of these lovely um, shells that have been all smoothed off in the in the water in the ocean that you're calling yours yours. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll, we'll come back to that because I think it naturally <laughs> falls out of what I was just sure. going to say, which yeah. is we were we were talking about how as an entrepreneur and as a social entrepreneur, I think in particular mm-hmm. that it's part of entrepreneurship to keep reinventing what you're doing and and keep keeping track of who you are in the process of reinventing what you're doing because if you are so um, involved in the brand uh, that you're creating then when you change the brand then then who are you and so I'd love to hear your take on how that has been for you and how it continues to be because you keep changing things and then and then we can come back to the shells as the perfect metaphor of all of this sure yeah no i love that question and um i would say so so just so people are clear i i was um co-founder and creative director of luna pads for about 24 years and then i retired from that uh creative director position at the end of 2017 and that happened to coincide with my 50th birthday not coincidentally i would say um that was no accident, and so I, I guess I, I decided there's a, so many sequences of things that happened, but at the end of 2016, I had a really Im- important conversation with uh, one of our tenants at Luna Pads, one of these entrepreneurs, and um, 
who had actually unfortunately had to leave asked to leave because we needed the space and so she just let me know what a big deal it had been for her to be in the space with us and and meanwhile I've been thinking about Nestworks and I'm thinking I've been telling all these other people so I'd say you know hey you Luca hey you should start this new business start you know I've got this great idea for a family-friendly shared workplace and you should do it and after I heard myself tell, like, <laughs> you know, the 15th person or whatever. Yeah, people, yeah, yeah. So it could happen. Exactly. That they should do it. So to your question about identity, it's mm-hmm. like, if you ever, you know, hot tip for anybody out there, if you find yourself telling other people, like, that they should do this thing all the time because you can't stop thinking about it, then you need to just sit down for a second and take some deep breaths. Pay attention. Yeah. Pay attention. But I had it stuck in my head. It's like, no, I've already started one. I already have my, I have my you know, my day job. I got my side gig with G-Day. And that's it. You're done. You know, no more babies. And and then it was like, I talked to this woman. She's like, this has changed my life. And 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 so on. I was like, okay, all right, all right, okay. I surrender. I give in. I'm going to do it. And um, gave myself permission to start working on the business plan. But that that meant, and I knew that I would have to retire from Lunapads because it's, there's no way I'm not. I can't. I, it's impossible, right? And mm-hmm. I needed to think about myself in a different way because um, it's just a different organization. And so when I started thinking about Lunapads and doing something else, I was sort of scared because I was like, I wasn't sure if I, it, it wasn't even about skill. It was more like identity and, and who I would be and how sort of a lot of people associate me. Like people come up to me and they're like, oh, you're like the period lady or whatever. And, <laughs> and or I think of you every time I get my period, like so many people say that. <laughs> like, wow, I feel so special. Thank you. <laughs> um, and so in inviting people to think about me differently I had to think about myself differently and and that was just kind of interesting and it was interesting to to observe other people when they found out I wasn't working at Lunapads anymore they were like kind of devastated and I was like no no it's okay and I'm doing all this caretaking abandoned I know right they're like the baby who am I gonna think of when I have my period now like what you know and uh yeah so I would say it's just made me feel great because actually to this point about the song this world falls it's like it's just falling on me and I'm just doing my best and I'm I'm running and I'm just letting it all come at me and and just without any any set ideas about what is not possible or who I can't be anymore and I'm but I think that's come the gift of turning 50 was really a big one for me too and you know I've lost a bunch of friends and I've lost family members and I was just like if not now when and if not me who mm-hmm. who's going to do this business idea I keep telling everybody that they should do like just stop like go for it so you were just saying that you you're finding that you're feeling different as as you move through this part of your life and this part of your um, social entrepreneurship identity Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, all of the things that you've done have been nourishing challenges to the way we conceive of ourselves as community and as men and women and families and mm-hmm. colleagues and co-workers and mm-hmm. um, town members right? yeah. within community. Yeah, it's very creative for me, I think, is where that comes from, too, is it isn't just like, like I, I said the other day to somebody, um, if I was a painter, I would paint. 
you know, if I was a singer, I would sing. And but I'm I'm not a painter. I'm not a singer. No. So I'm just gonna. But you are a gardener. Mind. I'm a gardener, big time. I love gardening. Love gardening. And um, but the spirit of my gardening kind of ethos is similar. Um, and I think where you were starting to go a second ago is that I'm not about the hustle. Like I'm not interested in making things happen anymore. I'm interested. I'm curious about what wants to happen, and then working with that, and then you know, in a really deeply gentle place like I don't know if anybody out there works in the tech industry or has heard the expression um, move fast and break things it's kind of a common buzzy entrepreneurial yeah, kind of thing for that industry for yeah. that industry and yeah. and so uh, my response to that though and I feel I feel called to respond to that because it's just like this it's got this very rough very like move fast and break things 24 7 let's go you know we got to build a unicorn here and and yeah. my response to that is I want to move gracefully and nurture things and that's what i want to do and i'm not interested in the hustle and i'm not interested in breaking anything and i'm not interested in disruption and i'm you know i'm interested in disrupting patriarchy like okay but (laughs) you know but but always but in a a different way it's not making war on it yeah no it's uh, no it's It's just a very feminine female way of doing it yeah and and it's about design and it's about space and it's about using our voices and our creativity in a very different way that i think is co-creative with energy and the universe and whatever we're not going to rebuild we're not going to build something new the way like uh, things went in the past is my my feeling there so yeah I'm just, I'm feeling pretty calm, pretty curious, but also pretty excited. Yeah. 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 So how are you going to know when it's ready, when Nestworks is ready to launch? Well, um, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, in in many ways, it's already energetically launched quite a while ago. And you have all people there. Yeah. Yeah. And and just the intention, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's, I think when you, there's a great quote I was reading the other day by Goethe about when you, the power of committing yourself to something. Oh, yeah. And I'm committed. Like I have set the wheels in motion for this to happen. And what's interesting is I'm noticing. And you've been living it. Yeah, yes. yeah, I've been living mm-hmm. it. And all around the world, actually, there are these family-friendly co-working spaces oh, yeah. opening up. Mm-hmm. And actually, I've even been flipping it. Our board members, um, we started calling it a work-friendly family place instead of a family-friendly ah, workplace, like which that. is kind of like oh, the I, ante. Yes, it does. Yes. Because we, we are family first. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's like what are we work like, to support the family and to express ourselves creatively. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so, so to me, that was a really important um, kind of flip. And we were talking about language earlier. And in terms of launch, so what I'm foreseeing right now is um, having some interesting conversations with an organization. I won't get too far into it, but it, essentially, it's it's a group of people and they're training new Canadian women to become early childhood educators. And mm-hmm. we're looking at having a series of pop up. Uh, events with them and so really like just in a way starting small but uh, with a really amazing social purpose to uh, engage in real-time dialogue with families and people working in Vancouver and seeing what actually like people can you know uh, respond to surveys and all that stuff and we've got a lot of that data on that kind of thing but I I would really like to be on the ground um, 
working with people like one-on-one and seeing what are the kinds of practices that they already have in terms of their work what do they want to create i want to have a really really interesting kind of environment for folks who are providing child care uh, for us because that's another relationship i'd really like to reinvent this um kind of dichotomy a power dynamic of like you you work for me i'm taking care of you know you take care of the kids often yeah and because that's another major feminist issue uh right there so um i foresee there being at least one pop-up in 2019 and then i'm having some really interesting conversations with mostly property developers um around longer term spaces and that s on spaces is intentional like i don't foresee there being just one location right i foresee there being many because there are people parents who need to work pretty much everywhere there are children who need new places to be in the public space and learn this is really things. like yeah. the cracking open of a door but it's a flood that's coming through this mm-hmm. is so needed and there's going to be so yeah. many people that are going to be knocking on the doors for this mm-hmm. that it it cannot help but multiply Oh, thank you. Thanks. <laughs> well, well, because yeah, we want to keep you. people close to their work, right? So they don't have to spend yeah. so much time commuting. Well, yeah. And the and I've been learning. Um, somebody very wise said to me the other day. She's like, "Oh, Madeline, this is this is all about attachment." And I, you know, I'd heard of attachment and attachment mm. parenting and attachment theory, mm. but it wasn't something that I'd actually really looked into as a distinct issue as it relates to networks and as it relates to G Day as well. Yes. And it's so related. Like these these projects support family attachment and security, which mm-hmm. leads to positive self esteem and confidence and just a sense of being connected and valued in the world in a way that when it's fragmented and you're literally not around your people, it's harder to cultivate that. You've got to, you know, go and get intentional about it another time as opposed to it just being part of your daily life. And so that's that's another aspect of what I'm trying to create. Yeah. Brilliant. I think it's incredibly exciting. Thank you. So the next stage on this well, is... before then, yes. before I'm, I'm hopping yes, in yes, here because yes. we've got one more song. Oh, yes. yes. So let's put that in I want. I want to have this song because, again, coming of age. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to ask this a little bit differently. What is coming of age for you right now? Oh, I'd say I'm coming of age as an elder. And so I'm, yeah, reading, reaching a stage of my career. Like, I've been an entrepreneur for 25 years. I'm old enough to be a grandmother, although my daughter's, you know, just a teenager. But it feels like there's a sense of, like, giving away of knowledge and um, having just reached a level of kind of mastery in terms of just stuff that I happen to know about. Like, when I started as a social entrepreneur, they didn't call it social entrepreneurship. Like, it wasn't even a thing. And... um and now it is a thing and I'm glad it's a thing and I have a lot to say about it and I'm just really interested in um, working with communities to you know find creative ways of addressing economic um, local economic self-sufficiency and resilience and family connection and our connection to our bodies and each other and just mm. kind of having a more sustainable lifestyle all, on all fronts, like not just from an environmental perspective. And but globally. Mm-hmm. Globally as well. Mm-hmm. And um, But I love this coming of age song. This is Foster the People. And when I heard it, I just immediately thought of G-Day when it came out a couple of years ago. And uh, I just really enjoy it. Beautiful. Yeah. And I like the sentiment here. It's a reminder that we are all coming of age in their different periods of our life. It's not just the step into adolescence or the step into adulthood. Yeah. It is a continual evolution of ourselves. Yep. Yeah. And different right. stages of adulthood as yes, well, right? Yeah. It's not just one one thing, one yeah. chunk. Yeah. Yep. 
So foster the people coming of age, and then we will rejoin Madeline here in the studio for the last little chunk of our show.
Welcome back to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca and our guest today, Madeline Shaw, the founder and board chair of United Girls of the World Society. We just listened to Foster the People Coming of Age and we were about to dive into what's next. Yeah, and talk because uh, G Day is for girls is coming up. Um, is it going to be, it's coming up at the end of April, right? Yes, it is. It's on uh, April the 29th, and it's taking place this time at the very beautiful Nikkei National Museum and Cultural Center in Burnaby. So Monday is when people are like, it's on a Monday, but I got a whatever. It's like your kids are out of school on Monday, April the 29th, if you live in Vancouver or mm-hmm. Burnaby. So it's a pro D day. you planned it carefully so yeah. that, that would be the case. It, indeed. Yeah. And, and in fact, it's the only day we could get the Nikkei Center and, mm-hmm. and book it out because it's normal close to the public so um, if you haven't been there it's very very special there's a beautiful garden and there's a really interesting kind of uh, historical display of Japanese Canadian life in Vancouver and a ton of it's just a very beautiful space so we're really excited to be there and that's a new location for G-Day for girls right yeah and in fact G-Day's never taken place at the same place twice like we keep moving it around and and it's kind of like the idea of sort of hacking space um, that we are occupying I mean obviously want to reach different um, geographical places, but um, explore different types of space and see what it's like to have G-Day there. And yeah, we're really, really excited. So G-Day is a whole day. Mm Mm-hmm. And the girls show up at what time in the morning? The program starts, uh, doors open at 8.45, and the programming starts at 9.30. And it goes right until 4.30. And so it's it's a full, full day. It also includes, uh, it's not just girls, so mm-hmm. tween girls ages 10 to 12, um, but it also includes their parents yes. and other supportive adults in their lives. So that mm-hmm. could be a teacher or a mentor or a foster parent or a step-parent or a grandparent or mm-hmm. many you-know-who-you-are supportive adults in girls' lives. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and everybody's welcome to join us on April the 29th, and tickets are available right now at gday.world. Uh, they're $60 each, and if that's not an accessible price point for you, and we got lots of free ones available mm-hmm. too, as well as group discounts for people over, uh, I think, groups of over six mm-hmm. tickets are discounted so mm-hmm. um we really want the event to be as accessible as possible for everybody to come and join us mm-hmm. so there's a, a number of different presenters and facilitators because not everybody's presenting it's all very interactive yes um it makes it really accessible for girls of that age um and there's there's physical activity in there so you know the afternoon is not the after lunch slump um there they get up and move around and so they're in contact with their bodies and their minds and their spirits and their creativity and um yeah. and you also have a a, a quiet space Yes, we absolutely do. We have a quiet space for folks for whom it's it's all a bit much. So we're expecting yeah. around 200, 250 people. Mm-hmm. And that's typically sort of what we've seen at G-Days. And um, yeah, a variety of really, really strong presenters and facilitators we're going to be incorporating since we're at a Japanese cultural center, some really unique Japanese cultural elements nice. uh, that I won't get too far into right now. But we've got some... Tamara Taggart is joining us. We are so nice. honored. Yeah. Um, yeah, who's just entering public life um, as a liberal candidate in Vancouver Kingsway but we've got Jocelyn McDougall who's our MC who's an amazing queer activist and an artist and um, 
extraordinary facilitator and other voices ruby diaz smith is joining us for the first time she's a youth artist and activist um very much about social justice so there's a really strong theme about using your voice that is emerging in this particular g day and even in my mind i i think of it as uh, rebel girls and i think maybe <laughs> there's a there's a great um book out right now called good night stories for rebel girls or something <laughs> i saw that the other day yeah yeah, yeah our bedtime stories for rebel girls and yeah. Um, so I feel like this G-Day, there's a strong theme about uh, social change leadership and activism that is emerging amongst the presenters. But mm-hmm. it's not just about that. Like, it, it really is a fun day. Like, that's what we're really all there for is just to have a good time together in community in a, in a, a shared, lived, real-time, screen-free experience. And it's very carefully curated. That all of these wonderful women who represent all kinds of different aspects of being girls and women um, so there's some really wonderful role models in there for young girls in, as they emerge into who they can be, who they'd like to continue to be, who they're developing into. Yeah, absolutely and and I think um, as I'm sure any parent who's listening knows, like you can't do it all, you can't be everything to your kid and you can't show them everything and tell community. them everything And yeah, and so we really do try and bring um, a really quite diverse lineup of of individuals with great stories um, to showcase stories around resilience and and just being 100% yourself in whatever way life throws itself at you mm-hmm. and so we'll be hearing from Kirsten Sharp who's a local broadcaster, uh, storyteller and activist who became paraplegic in a skiing accident uh, when she was 14 and she's going to be telling the girls about um, and like now she's this phenomenal wheelchair athlete and mm-hmm totally bold out there person and and but what was it like you know for her what happened so all the presenters yeah yeah, and all the presenters even if like they're really notable figures public figures like melanie mark for example has been to g-day a few times now like we hear from them about what what life was like for them when they were the girl's age so Mm -hmm. you know when they were 10 11 12 we'll be hearing from tamara tiger what was her life like Mm -hmm. uh, when she was that age to really develop a sense of of empathy with the girls and then of course we have a lot of conversations intergenerational conversations between the adults and the girls so it isn't just like people from the front of the room mm-hmm. talking and mm-hmm. the girls listening like it, we're there to have conversations with one another and be together and um, do fun things and there's some programming for the adults as well oh yeah yeah so I have been tweeting out all kinds of links to everything. So if anybody wants to find the link to this event, uh, the link to the book that you just referred to, the link to Nestworks, the link to um, Luna Pads, uh, come and follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter account is EssentialConv. That's spelled Essence, T-I-A-L-C-O-N-V. And do you want to tell anybody how they could get a hold of you? If you, if or is there anybody that you'd like to hear from? Oh my goodness! Um, well, I would just like everybody to come to G Day on <laughs> April 29th because that is like it's good times, and I just want to you know reiterate. Also, we'd like to see more dads there. So you know, G Day. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, it's for girls, but it does include parents and other supportive adults. And that is expressly inclusive of dads and non-binary so folks. Not and an only it's not just event. a mother-daughter yeah. thing. It's yeah. not. And and when we say girls, we mean female-identified youth. Yeah. We do not, you know, it, 
it's not just a cis kind of thing. Right. This is for trans girls too. And in fact, we've had trans girl presenters and, and um, definitely participants in the past. So I'd really love to see folks at G-Day. And otherwise, um, I'd love to hear from any from anybody interested in Nestworks. Like if that sounds mm-hmm. like a good idea, if that's somewhere you'd like to work and that you'd like to bring your kid and that would be of service to you, please head on over to nestworks.space. We've got an application form uh, now open that's really sort of a, a survey in disguise. And we'd love <laughs> to hear from you. And this is helping us shape uh, where these uh, places are going to be located and also what, what amenities they're going to have and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And yes. So it's being shaped as we speak. It is very much being shaped. Thank you so much for coming on air with us, Madeline. Mm-hmm. Super. It's been a delight super to delightful. have you in the Absolutely. studio. And we'll take one of your tumbled shells <laughs> yes. away from here because right. they're all unique pieces of the mother shell. They sure are. And they're they're going out to be their own individual selves in the world yes. in different people's pockets. Yes. And until next week. I wonder what's around the corner. Thank you so much. Essential Conversations is brought to you courtesy of Luca Halleck's Power Sorcerer. And Rebecca Mears, Certified Coach. Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself. Luca can be reached at www.lucahalleck.com. I light the fires that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at catchingfire.ca. Yep, yep, yep. yep, yep. Oh, ah, 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 Happy, 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 happy. Boing, 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 boing.